1: today on first edition it's july hit books knockout round rebecca shinsky's here to join me a bit of a short one that's all we're doing today wanted to get out before the holiday weekend so enjoy and uh here we go All right, time for July Knockout. Um, Rebecca Shinsky is here, a little under the weather, uh, getting ready to go on vacation. So we're recording early. We've been doing a little bit of retrospective. Um, Again, we're recording this in mid-June, so there's a couple more weeks for June to play out to look at our June Ip books. Um, I feel pretty good about Page Boy until yesterday, when I think the book of the month is going to be Blood Meridian by one Cormac McCarthy. And I'm not kidding, Rebecca, actually, about this. This happens from time to time.
0: It does. Can it be, I guess it can be an it book if it's not a new release. Yeah. It's just outside the framework of this bit we're doing. Right,
1: right. <laughs> it's because then then you get into the macabre game of guessing if someone's going to die. I mean, I guess, yeah. like, what else could do, what what else could rocket something to the be it book of the month? An adaptation, I guess? Some other kind of news? It's or, very rare. It's very rare. Yeah,
0: Big nasty political news like when 1984 and The Handmaid's right. Tale shot up in 2016. Yes. That's a yeah. great,
1: that's or station, you know, station 11 then got some heat. Mm-hmm. So, like, COVID was doing right. mm-hmm. all sorts of yeah. weird things. Um, and this is way down the scale of, of what mattered. Um, I, you know, it feels like there should be a first edition thing to do on Cormac McCarthy. I'm not really sure how to do it. I've been trying to think about someone to talk to. I'm a super fan, but I'm not an expert, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't have a bunch of quotes ready to quote to you and say, here's the, mm-hmm. my favorite McCarthy that's pinned above my, like, headboard or whatever. Um, yeah, a real passing. So um, I'm going to try to figure out some way to do that. But that's not what we're here for. We're doing July. Knockout, we're trying to defi- define the It Book of the Month. Um, if this is your first time listening, it's a combination of zeitgeist, critical appeal, commercial success... Just whatever, you know, it, it's all in the mix and you don't have to tick all the boxes. If you tick one or two really hard, then maybe some other ones, um, aren't as important. July, not as strong as a month, or let me put it this way. I didn't have to worry about when I put them in the random order, 10 finalists, I picked 10 finalists and mm-hmm. Rebecca, we're going to do one by one in survival style. There wasn't one I was worried about being early or late though. I did okay. something a little bit different here. I'm taking one off the board. Just, it's not eligible because it's too confusing. I don't know what to do with it. Okay. And we talked last time about the celebrity memoir, Elliot Pages, like kind of overshadowing the book world. And I think that's still a, a book story. But BTS's book that's coming out July 9th, I kind of think isn't a book story, Rebecca. So I, I'm not making it eligible here. Do you agree with that?
0: I think I do agree with that. I think that just like we were talking about how Spare exceeded book you know. world stories in some way. And this is an order of magnitude bigger than that, right. I believe. So yeah, I think take it off the board.
1: Take it off the board. Do you think if we had done this for Spare, we should have taken Spare off the board? I'm up two minds about it. I think that's a tougher case than well, BTS for me.
0: I do think it's a tougher case in the... Well, some of this is geographically limited or informed, I think, where my best guess would be that there is a bigger overlap between the kinds of people who care about the It book of a month and the folks that are paying attention to what's happening with the British monarchy Mm -hmm. than BTS fans and It book of the month folks. And that's like, that's an It book of like the year for the universe right. not just for let's pay attention to what's happening in the world of books um i could have made a case either way i think for spare but i think taking bts off is the right move
1: yeah it'll probably outsell all the books we're talking about combined by an order of magnitude and it won't be close so that thing i just said about if you have the best in one thing I guess that's kind of not true. <laughs> it, it has to have at least a little something. Uh, it's going to be critic-proof. I think the other difference of Spare is that content-wise, I don't know what the BTS thing is going to be, honestly. It feels like more of a $65,000 fancy souvenir from what I've heard yes, and seen. Yeah. When Spare was not that, that whatever else you want to say about that book, there was some meat on that bone, uh, maybe a bit of raw and overcooked, um, depending on, on your on your taste for this kind of thing. But I don't think there's going to be a like BTS revelations and all that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Um, Yeah. I think there's a point where celebrities are so big and BTS is definitely in this category that it does not matter what the contents of the book are. They're not they don't care about critical appeal. It doesn't have to be, you know, commercially successful. It's going to be. But it's such a huge thing in the zeitgeist that that just carries the rest of it.
1: And I would love to be wrong that actually it's super yeah. introspective and beautifully written and a literary experience in itself. I don't think I'm going to be, but I would love to be wrong. Yeah, and that's that
0: not my mental model for like you know. a giant pop star book event like this, right. like a Britney Spears memoir or Jessica Simpson's a couple years ago. I think mm-hmm. there, we've had some models of a big tell-all pop star moment but i don't think that's what bts is doing they're still in the middle of it you know they're not ready to like do the tell-all this mm-hmm. is a stay engaged with the fans give them something while the band is off doing their compulsory military service yep. keep it going
1: keep keep the ball rolling okay let's get into it 10 finalists um in each round rebecca decides with maybe a little peanut gathering for me what book is going to survive uh, that particular Great. round, and whoever's left standing is the ith book choice for the month. First one's up. I'm glad this book didn't come out last month, or maybe I wish, because we could have had the, <laughs> the, the, the a Richard off, the, the oh, okay. elder statesperson's, Elder Richards, uh, Richard Russo's third novel in his, let's see, is it Edgewater trilogy? North Bath trilogy. Um, Somebody's Fool comes out July 25th from Knopf. So this is in the vein of you know, somebody's fool, nobody's fool, everybody's mm-hmm. fool. We've got some namespace pollution stuff going on here with the Fool Trilogy. I think, I think Russo, probably most people, again, you have to be older like me, first came into contact with Russo around Empire Falls. That was really his yes. big breakout book. But these mm-hmm. are men in New England towns who have feelings and are laconic but not silent. And... I will read this. Uh-huh. Again, it it's hard to disambiguate from Richard Ford. Richard Russo, I think, is a little his books tend to be a little bit of a um I don't know, more more cozy hang. I guess a little more more of a hang than, than Ford it tends to be a little spikier, yeah, a little I think more that's acidic. Right. Where are you on Richard Ford and Or and Richard,
0: Richard Russo? Russo. <laughs> um I really like richard russo but i really really liked him 15 years ago
1: yeah,
0: right. <laughs> and i think that the space between the fo- the books in the fool trilogy is probably not serving him terribly well mm-hmm. here i i agree with your setup of this it's not quite his books are not quite old men waiting to die no. uh there is a like stars hollow quality like yeah. ad- or st- stars hollow adjacent quality to the way he presents these small towns it's not whimsical no. it's not that but like there's charm and you got the like the crusty old guy who's a real character you know um those kind of guys i think these are nice reads yeah but they also feel very of a piece with yeah, like late '90s, early 2000s literary fiction and what was happening then. Uh, not zeitgeisty for today.
1: I have a hot take for you. This is not a hot take because there's no there's no heat in the kitchen that I'm cooking in right now. Like this is you know this is Great. a raw bar. Um, I guess what I'm saying. You know who blew up his spot and maybe Richard Ford's too a little bit. Elizabeth Strout. Elizabeth Strout took Ooh. this corner and said, mm-hmm. "You know what, dudes? I'm going to write this." Um, And make the ladies a little more acidic, put them in the center, and I'm going to outsell you by tens of thousands of units because those books are. I think that's
0: right. Yeah, they do because most books are bought by women. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Uh, This says it's interesting that you, you, you mentioned Stars Hollow because I think there's sort of a continuum here where it's not quite cozy enough for. I don't know, like a beachy kind of read almost like a summer feel good, but it's also not Fordian spike spikiness. Um, and today's a very bad day for me to be talking about your books as an older white dude, because (laughs) I have Cormac in mind and that's not fair to anybody. And I'm like, why do I read? Why would I want to do this when I could do Cormac McCarthy again? He's not doing new England stuff though. That would have been flipping rad if he had, but, uh, (laughs) I don't know. There's just something. I', I going to be hard for me yeah, to pick this up with any urgency. So I put it on here. I as think it's a recognition of accomplishments past, as much as anything. Yeah,
0: I think it's maybe indicative of a way that publishing has shifted. Because I think like ten years ago, a new Richard Russo would have been a fall release. Like drop oh, this into fall yeah. new book season, and he's feeling a little hmm. lighter, a little closer to summer reading. But it's not beachy. I think there's he's kind of in a weird in between zone. On those, but it yeah. means something to me that this is coming out in July and not October.
1: Right. Um, okay, let's move on. So this is coming out July 25th from Morrow. It's Laura Lippman's new book, Prom Mom. And the conceit here is the main character is coming back to her hometown, but she's known as for allegedly killing a baby on the night of her prom after her date abandons her and then stuff happens. So like there's a scandal, there's like one of those tabloid, you know, teenage girl rampages over, you know, jilted love. But these happen to real people, right? These these stories Mm -hmm. are real people and they're wild and sensational. And Lippmann does these sort of what, domestic noir thriller, psychological, not exactly sure how to characterize this. Um, and I think this is a fascinating idea to come back. It's not the night of, it's like years later to come back to it. So I think if this is good, it's going to be very page turnery. It's going to feel very, I think there's a way it can feel current in the, in the, Mm -hmm. you know, gender politics. How do we reevaluate what stories get told, what don't? Um, so that's Prom Mom by Laura Lipman. Rebecca, what do you think of that?
0: Yeah, I think that Laura Lippmann is going to overtake Richard Russo okay. here. Yeah. Very summary, very page turnery, all the things that you said. She has a huge and very passionate fan base she does. who are like waiting. I think Laura Lippmann is a, an insta buy to steal your new language. Oh, yes. For,
1: for some people. For
0: people who like Laura Lippmann, they're like ready on day one or they have pre ordered the next Laura Lippmann. Mm. And I'm sure that there are some pre orders for Richard Russo, but I don't think it's like. Finding out that there's a new one is nearly as exciting to the Richard Russo heads as finding out there's a new Laura Lippman is for her fans. So I'm, I will advance her to the next round. Uh,
1: 200,000 copy announced first printing. Oh yeah. Take Mm -hmm. what you will. Also, this has social media cover written all over it. It's like this electric yellow with a, (laughs) I don't even know what you would call this, um, a a neon magenta rose in the middle of it. So I, I see what I see what they're doing there. Okay. Whereas Richard Russo, no shade. It's like a scripty font over yeah. you know fall foliage in New England. Um, I don't think the TikTokers are going to be running wild.
0: With, yeah, uh, I think Richard Laura Lippman's got big airport bookstore yeah. cred. Yeah.
1: Also, yeah. all right, third out um, coming out July eighteenth from Doubleday. And if this weren't a sequel to a book that we read and liked from my favorite working up question mark, <laughs> Colson Whitehead's Crook Manifesto, um, it's I don't know if it's a sequel so much as another installment. in the, I don't know what to see, but Ray Carney is the main character. This one's set in 1971, so it's a little bit later than Harlem Shuffle. He's a guy that gets mixed up in stuff going on in Harlem. And it's mm-hmm. luscious, world building, fun, interesting. It's got a little weight behind it. It's Colson Whitehead doing mm, crime novels, I guess, but from like, it's almost like a Soderbergh kind of a world, um, done only in yes. a way that Whit, uh, Whitehead really can. Crook Manifesto. I'm not sure what to say about this, Rebecca. July 18th, 2023. <laughs> I have to imagine you're going to not get. You're going to advance it, but it's actually closer than I might think from Prom Mom. For me. yeah,
0: I think Prom Mom might outsell Crook yeah. Manifesto,
1: but, will but it I don't last care. It? Will it last? It?
0: <laughs> right, because Colson Whitehead, there's just nothing in my soul that's going to let me advance somebody past <laughs> Colson Whitehead. At least at this point in this round, yeah. <laughs> and. You know, th- I read the PW review of Crook Manifesto recently. That was like, this is fine. It feels like a sequel. You know, uh-huh. Whitehead's not breaking new ground, but there's an amazing sentence on almost every page. And I wanted to be like, I think maybe you
1: should read. on a how- curve. That's not fair. I mean, we right. do this, right? We're grading you got to revisit how book reviews
0: yeah. work because of like a-, a pretty good Colson Whitehead novel is yeah. miles better than anybody else's really good novel. <laughs> by virtue of being the best you know uh, american working novelist (laughs) today (laughs) so yeah this one's going to go to colson whitehead and yeah i I was going to do it probably no matter who had come before him (laughs) i don't know how far he's going to go uh, we'll see now now we're interesting can't
1: because i think there's a feeling and you and i share this feeling there's a bit of an opportunity cost of to crook manifest so we will read this and look Mm -hmm. forward to it yeah but would we rather have this versus Colson Whitehead Project X that we know nothing about? We probably yeah, choose door I mean, number two, right? It may be yeah, a goat behind take, there, but I don't know. I don't think it would be. It
0: hasn't been a goat yet. No, it hasn't and been a goat yet. Uh, so I just have so much faith in Whitehead experimenting with stuff. But I also really loved, at least the vibe coming off of the first one, yes. that he was just having a great time. Right. And to get to see a writer who can cook that way, just have a great time, build this world, write their language, you know, have mm. this, sort of like this communities inside communities and their particular ways of speaking and coming back for one last high. It's like, come on, let yeah. the man have a good time. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, all have to be National all. Book Award I don't award begrudge him at yeah, all. Yeah.
1: Um, but anyway, okay, so Crook Manifesto is going to come on through up next from Del Rey coming out July eighteenth. July eighteenth seems to be the new release week yeah, of it's a big one. of the of the of the month, um, clearing out from July fourth, uh, which is a Tuesday. So I think there, I only have one July fourth release um, on my list. But we get to that in a minute. Um, but first we need to get to Silver Nitrate by Sylvia hmm. Marino Garcia. Um, oh. so she has written a couple of bangers already the The daughter of Dr. Moreau and Mexican Gothic And this is a meld that I'm reading now from the blurb of Mexican horror movies and Nazis occultism. Wow. So this is a sound, the main character is a sound editor, uh, and she's been left out of, you know, as a, um, Latina in the film industry working, especially in the post-production world. You know, she's, she's not, she's not out there, gets involved with a cult horror director, And maybe there is more going on in this horror film than meets the eye. There's a mystery. There's some supernatural stuff going on. Marino Garcia writes thrillers, but they're these like mashup, polygeneric, but also really inventive in their own right. Sneaking up my list, Rebecca, I have to say, Mm -hmm. of most interesting authors so we have a bit of a... This is kind of a nice follow-on from Whitehead. Give me four more Marino Garcia mo- books in this vein. I think she established a tr- track record not unlike Whitehead's. And this is her doing something a little bit different. So that's my case, I guess, if yeah. I'm making
0: This is a good and tough mm. follow-on from the Whitehead. She does... like She has kind of a pocket, but it's a different variation each time mm-hmm. around. That Like each new book, it's not... Each book is not as different as each new Whitehead.
1: She's not going to write Sag Harbor. um, Right. I mean,
0: that's also like a really unfair standard to hold anybody. No, no, but if we're going to knock him
1: off, Rebecca,
0: that's the standard Um, written before us right now. But I think the Whitehead, his consistency is higher. His hit rate is higher than hers is. Mm -hmm. And like Mexican Gothic was great and huge. one of the other ones i think has been great and huge but they're not all she writes a lot there's like a a new garcia book every year and i think there's an opportunity cost to that for a lot of writers so i'm holding on to colson whitehead for one more round at least
1: yeah i think you're right i think maybe she is more the beautiful one certain dark things signal to noise that was a trade paperback from solaris and some of these were very early but gods of jades and shade and shadow was just a few uh, jade and shadow was a few Mm. years ago Velvet of was the night was a pretty big hit a couple of years ago yeah. as well. So um one to watch, I will definitely be reading this. I think horror is an underutilized summer option um mm. on the whole and you know I think that's a cool one. Okay. Um I do not do debut fiction on this list. Okay. And this is not debut fiction but I will include debut nonfiction if the hook is interesting. Sure. And here, I think it's interesting enough, for me at least, and I, I, I'm curious to see if you think, I don't think it's a knockoff Whitehead, maybe I'm right, maybe maybe I'm wrong. So this is coming out from Holt, uh, again, on that July 18th date. It's called Strip Striptease, T-E-E-S, A Memoir of Millennial Los Angeles by Kate Flannery. And this is her memoir, basically, of giving... of moving to L.A., and then getting a job at American Apparel. And you know how that mm-hmm. went very mm-hmm. well. But it's a memoir of the early 2000s in L.A. from someone working at kind of the signal early 2000s L.A. startup American Apparel and what that was like. F- racy photo shoots There's sort of a cultish element here. She's coming from a Seven Sisters College, so she's a liberal arts. But coming into this, I don't know fast fashion demimond that was american <laughs> apparel i'm really looking forward to this and i think too. from a hm. um hipster is too aged of a term to use right now <laughs> but people that tweet about books this could be it i, I think there's a chance that this is way up yeah. there for getting attention in july
0: i think the ceiling on this one is pretty high um yeah. But big variability in mm-hmm. terms of what's possible. Yeah, we don't for know it. anything about I'm, this writer. Right, yeah. This has been on my radar too. I'm really looking forward to trying it out. But I think that variability right. is what is giving me pause. Yeah. So Whitehead advances yet again. The comps but I'm going to read the crap out of this. Yes,
1: yeah, the comps here are fascinating. Um, Uncanny, Van, Uncanny Valley and a uh, Weiner, which we both liked. Yes. Cultish mm-hmm. by Amanda Montell. Very interesting. The Which, 90s yeah, by Klosterman. Yeah. And I'm glad my mom okay. died by Jeanette McCurdy.
0: Listen. <laughs> right? If she's as good as those comps,
1: this will be great. If it's any of those, it will be Crook Manifesto. We will end up being wrong.
0: Yes, we will end up being but wrong. But these
1: comps are aspirational, especially for... Her. So I think you maybe, you... maybe if this was the stock market, you could get this one inexpensively now. And you realize you might lose your money, but if you... But if, you, if it does well, you might really get a good return. Yeah. Rate. So a bit of a long, in that dark model, horse, long shot. I, don't I
0: would be willing to buy yeah. some stock in this, yeah. but I'm not not enough to uh, advance no, it past Colson Whitehead. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now, this is not a book for us, and that's fine. <laughs> Great. But this is kind of the opposite of what we're doing with Crook Manifesto. This is book has a 500,000 copy first edition. Okay. comes out from Red Tower Books, which has shown acumen this last two months with the fourth wing of selling a mm. billion copies by packaging and social influencing and doing romanticy And this is Starbringer from Tracy Wolf and Nina Croft, who both have good hits in their own right. Tracy Wolf has the series Covet, Court, Crave, Crush that are all basically in the same pocket. High concept LBGQ plus romance. Firefly meets The Breakfast Club is the comp. (laughs) Wow. Can this just supernova enough? It could. To get us to pick it over Crook Manifesto.
0: Yeah, there's real TikTok juice potential here, I think. Uh, 500,000 in the first print run is just enormous and this is one of those places where like it might be critically good but it doesn't have to be because it it kind
1: of doesn't matter
0: yeah because it could just be so zeitgeisty and so commercially successful Mm. enough people talking about it just gets the ball rolling and then once the ball's going it keeps going um i feel like this has to be it i don't like to leave colson behind but i do think this is high ceiling, and there's a couple like strong marks in its favor. It's not yeah. totally unknown. So, yeah, Starbringer's going to go forward. I'm now.
1: sorry. It's not romanticy. It is science fiction. So, it's, I don't know. Romancia. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. So, we're <laughs> okay. going to advance Starbringer into we the are, next round because it's going to with sell a bunch. Trepidation. <laughs> and it's zeitgeisty. And what if it's awesome? What if it's a lot of yeah. fun? Yeah. Okay, Uh, next up. um, So Half Blown Rose came out, what, boy, just last year um, by Lisa Cross Smith. And Hmm. that was her debut novel, I believe. I don't know that book. Nope, nope, this this close to okay was her first one. Um, But it got picked up by a couple book clubs, literary fiction Um, this one, I might've put this on here just for you, Rebecca. So, you know, this is coming out July 3rd. That's weird. It's coming out Monday, July 3rd. Maybe just so that on the, so that bookstores are closed on the 4th, you can go ahead and get it. That's weird. I didn't notice this before. (laughs) Anyway, um, it's called Goodbye Earl, which may, may tell you what it's about, (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> uh, four women take fate in their own hands in this big hearted story of friendship resilience, and revenge on monstrous men, so yeah, what if it's the change but without magic? What if it's steel magnolias with knives?
0: What if it's fried green tomatoes? yeah, what
1: is fried 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 green tomatoes, but more barbecuing if you hear what I'm saying um I think I think this is going it's it's kind of come for the prom mom corner in our little list mm-hmm. here. Of dishy, bloody, I guess in its own way, um, but some, it's and also in another way being affirmative for women's perspective. So that's Goodbye Earl by Lisa Cross Smith.
0: I think this one is being marketed really well. Yeah. It looks super fun, and it's really hard to compete with a half million copy print yeah. run, giant sci-fi. Possible TikTok sensation, mm-hmm. so I'm going to hold on to Starbringer. Okay, and I hope that they got permission to title this after
1: ha- checks it- <laughs> Listen, you have one job, publishing.
0: Don't piss off Natalie Maines. Yeah, we have all learned this lesson.
1: <laughs> Don't you think the chicks would be cool though? If you're like, I'm writing this book. It's inspired it's by feminist it's- revenge it's- it's fantasy. Got a- it's got a piece yes. of rhubarb pie on the cover literally it's an does? easy yes yeah
0: yeah okay.
1: just but just check with the check with the goats
0: i cannot tell you i went to see the chicks last summer and i cannot tell you how many t-shirts and tank tops i passed that said earl's in the trunk like this joke still has legs so go for it
1: yeah um up next july 4th this is our one july 4th release it's a tuesday i guess get it the day after if i don't even think pals is open on July 4th. <laughs> Will Amazon deliver? That's that's a tough hang. Anyway, I don't think it matters, ultimately. The next one up is The Librarianist from Patrick DeWitt coming mm. out July 4th. Um, just talked about um, The Sisters Brothers earlier. He is a... Gosh, he's written The French Exit, The Sisters Brothers, um, Under Major Domo, Ablutions. He lives in Portland, Oregon, right here. So shouts to, to the, the zip code. Um, Bob Comet is a retired librarian passing his solitary days surrounded by books and small comforts in Portland, Oregon. One morning on his daily walk, he encounters a confused elderly woman lost in the market and returns to her senior living center that is her home. Hoping to fill the void he's known since retiring, he begins volunteering at the same center here as a community of strange peers gathers around Bob and following a happenstance brush with a painful complication from his past. The events of his life and the details of his character are revealed. I think this sounds awesome. Yes.
0: And it's called The Librarianist, which will make a certain corner of book people buy it no matter what. It's an old
1: library card (laughs) cover.
0: (laughs) Yeah. DeWitt is so fun. This one is going to advance for me because while it might not be like TikTok sensation, this is where you're going to get, I think, the intersection of zeitgeist, critical and commercial, like Mm -hmm. book Twitter will like a new Patrick DeWitt. It will move some units and it's not going to suck. He's good. It's not it's going to be fun.
1: 100,000 copy initial print run, which for a DeWitt yeah. title is very, very good.
0: Mm-hmm. Very,
1: very good. Um, I This was the one I had my eyes on. I've had my eye on this one for a long time. I think I told you about it a while ago yeah. uh, as being interesting. Okay, so that advances. Next up, this might be my most anticipated book of the summer. I have no idea if anyone else cares. I mean, it's coming out from <laughs> okay. Knopf. I mean, it's not like, you know... I'm It's not like I've got a a monopoly on appreciation for Christina Garcia, but Christina Garcia's Vanishing Mask coming out from Knopf on July 18th. Good God, I'm going to have to get to the store on that day. Um, This is a sequel to her seminal Dreaming in Cuban, which came out in 1992, 21 years ago. Um, The Del Pino family, uh, immigrants from Cuba, and this is following basically their life after this next generations who came from Cuba, Dreaming Cuban. Um, I read in college, in a um, we called it Hispanic literature back then, but I don't I don't think it's called that anymore. <laughs> Multi generational has a little magical realism, at least in the in the beginning one, um, in the vein of a Julia Alvarez. I'd say if you like Julia Alvarez, um, you would like this. Or the Book of Unknown Americans, Christina Henriquez, I think kind of is in the in the vein of this as well. I'm really looking forward to this. I will be buying this right away. Um, yeah, it's, she's a wonderful writer. It's not going to beat the librarianist and that's fine, but I wanted to have this on the list to um, express my appreciation with Christina Garcia does also a tight yeah. 272. 272. Love
0: that. I'm glad this is on the list for all of those reasons. You are correct that it's not going to beat the librarianist, yeah. but it's worth highlighting bringing to listeners and readers attention i hope it does well i think there's there is a defined audience for this right. and social media didn't exist when the first book came out, so mm-hmm. like the potential for her to do interviews and appear on different websites and all kinds of stuff. Like I think this could really go some places and I hope it is. I hope it's really successful.
1: I'm not very good at picking them, but I think this is a chance to get picked up by some book clubs. I, you know, if this was a Reese's pick I wouldn't be shocked. Oh yeah. If this was okay. an Oprah pick, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Whereas again I didn't I don't look through Edelweiss with that in mind to pick these, though maybe I should. Um but I don't think they're going to pick Prom Mom. I don't think they're picking Structeese. Probably not. I don't think they're picking yeah. Starbringer. Bringer. Maybe the Librarianist. I think that's what—that's why you advanced it. Is it has a chance to be both. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and something else I should have mentioned. I didn't want to shovel more dirt on somebody's fool. <laughs> but that's a, let's call it a languid 464 pages. Ooh, okay. So, there you go. Last one up. But not least, at least according to me, this is random page yeah. generator, 256 pages. So, you know, you get 200 pages for free if you pick this up over somebody's fool. Um, it's The Lightroom by Kate Zambrano. Brino? Brino? Oh. Brino.
0: Zambrino, Who, yeah.
1: Yeah, Zambrino. So this is coming out from Riverhead on July 4th. So get that where you will. Um, okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> Climate Change, Public Health Memoir, Being a Mom to Kids, Moving Through moving through Seasons. We've done some of these of late, which is in this zone of the Catherine May, uh, the Jenny Odell's, um, even even the Peg Ornstein, Peggy Orenstein's Unraveling,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is doing a memoir through the last few years.
0: Nicole Chung.
1: Nicole Chung. Right, exactly. And that's all good. I think all of those were interesting in their own rights, though your mileage may vary and my mileage varied on some of them. The reason I'm not throwing that in the same pile is in Brino will go darker than any of those mm-hmm. people will and has for a long time. Um, so me, so I think I'm ready to give this one a chance, even though I felt like I've trod some of this ground of late. She's got a lot of fans in the writing community. Um, she teaches at Columbia in the nonfiction. She's very well connected, and I think that matters for something like this. This will be all over social for a little while when it comes mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And it could be really great. It also could be times were tough and things are hard, and those are things are true. But I need, I need a little more spin. I need a little more – I need to go somewhere else, and I think Zambrano can do it because I've read some of her books, and it can go in places mm-hmm. – that she's got a little more um maggie nelson in her than nicole yeah, chung right. does and I, I think that's what i'm looking for right now i don't know rebecca am i right am I, out, am I out to lunch here what do you think
0: yeah no i think that's right it's if any as you were saying if anybody has a shot of making the like near-term covid memoir be hmm. new and different and dark in some way i think sambrino is a contender for that it has the potential also to be one of those books that is like everywhere on the bookish internet, but nowhere in the regular world. Right, (laughs) and
1: it's not even the front room at Powell's on Hawthorne. Right, Mm -hmm.
0: that can happen where we think that something is everywhere and and that it's big, but like no one in your, no none of the civilians in your life have heard of it. She can And she could land anywhere between those two zones, like if this is good and in a way that's not super difficult, because like that was the thing. After the after I picked Nicole Chung for whatever month that came out as the It book, and then the book turned out to be really difficult and heavy, that makes it hard for it to actually succeed as an It book, because, like, who are you going to recommend it to? And right. if Zambrino can thread the needle of being like, let's reflect on this and have some teeth, have some edge to it, but not be a downer... Mm. Um, which like it's not a bad thing to be a downer. It just makes it hard to be a big commercial. Success to be an book that's
1: that's the, that's the plane upon which right. we are skating. Right. It's a little bit different. Right. Um,
0: I'll read your downers, but you it's know. hard to like sell five million copies of a downer. The end of um, the
1: blurb says, "quote unquote" an ecstatic engagement with the living world after sad sad sad. Interesting. So there's maybe okay. a little bit of a maybe a little up a little yeah a duck tail in the vibe <laughs> at the end of of uh. Of this particular, yeah,
0: I don't think it beats the librarianist,, right. but there's real potential there. Okay. I will be reading this or at least giving it, yeah, a I shot. will
1: be listening to this on audio. I don't think there's any question about that um also very social friendly cover, I should say, mm-hmm. so that tells you I mean Riverhead is as good as anyone good. in at this game, so <laughs> very all right, very so that brings us to that. the end um right yeah. now, the librarianist has come out as our it book of the month. Let me read you the list, just both for the listeners and in case, Rebecca, you need to, um, you need to uh, give yourself a pardon or a pass. Or a mulligan. That's <laughs> okay. what I'm looking for. A mulligan, which is a non-legalistic uh, we mechanism go. we use in our real life to do a do-over. Um, Somebody's Fool Richard Russo. Prom Mom Laura Lippman. Crook Manifesto, Colson Whitehead. Silver Nitrate by Sylvia Marino-Garcia. Striptease by Kate Flannery. Starbringer by Crafton Wolf. Goodbye Earl by Lisa Cross-Smith, The Librarianist by Patrick DeWitt, Vanishing Maps by Christina Garcia, and The Lightroom by Kate Zambrano.
0: I feel good about my choices.
1: Yeah. What's your your number one reading pick for yourself?
0: Oh, Crook Manifesto. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's Whitehead. I've got to say, I think I might be picking The Librarianist. If I had them both today, (laughs) which one would I pick up first? I think I'm picking up the oh. library. Some of them just curious, okay. I guess, right? The low. Yeah, you know in what's is low. in Kirk Manifesto. Yeah. yeah, you do, you do. Now, if I could only pick one to have ever read, and I will never read any of the others, <laughs> then I'm picking Colson Whitehead. I'm just coming up with more yeah. and more um, abstruse mechanisms to <laughs> differentiate one book from another.
0: <laughs> well, I was starting to think, which one do I most want a Hulu adaptation of? And that's oh. Strip Tease. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: It, it feels like American Apparel is ripe for that treatment that we did yeah. with Theranos and Uber and all those guys.
1: Yeah. Have we had one of those that's from the point of view of like a rank and file employee? Right? Not, you know, it's one of the disciples, not Jesus. Yeah. Giving us the story. No. No. That would be good. We, we, we should mm-hmm. do that. That could mix things up. If only that we don't have to center these douches. Right. <laughs> douches <laughs> and liars <laughs> and scammers and a-holes.
0: Yeah, the Uber one had a little more with, like, what was going on in the office. It had some side characters uh, or some, like, supporting cast, I guess, because those are real people. Um, But one told from, you know, somebody who was just on the inside, but maybe not fully aware at all times of the shenanigans would be great.
1: Cool. All right. Rebecca, thanks so much. Look forward to talking with you about August, which... In looking at Edelweiss, I think August is a better month for books. Has that historically been true? Is July the real oh, fallow period for publishing? I I, think we get on the maybe people st- get some stuff out there in August for September and ahead of going back to I, school and stuff.
0: I think that's been happening. Like mm. fall new book season has been creeping into August in the way that like January used to be fallow and now January
1: is huge January for new books. January is interesting. Is very very big. Um, you can email me first edition at bookwrite.com if you want to let me know which one of these is most uh, appealing to you or if I missed something or if I said something avoidably barbaric you can you can correct me <laughs> gently and kindly with with full heart and awareness that life to podcast is not as easy as it sounds Rebecca have a great break and we'll talk to you in a month or so thank you have a good one Thanks so much, Rebecca, for joining me yet again. Thanks to you for listening. Hope you have a great holiday weekend. If you're stateside, get a little break to do something. You can follow the show on Instagram, on Twitter, link in the show notes. Also on Substack, I've got a newsletter. I wrote recently a send that everyone got about some ideas of how to incorporate authors into the show. Because quiet as it's kept, I really don't enjoy straight-up author interviews. You can read that there, sign up, some other stuff coming along. And we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks so much for listening. Give me an email, firstedition at bookriot.com. Notes, comments, yays and nays. Really appreciate y'all listening and uh, talk to you soon.